Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday, January 4th, 2023, our Duke Blue Devils played in Big Monday last night in the ACC and unfortunately dropped their sixth game of the season, losing 78-75 on the road at Virginia Tech inside Castle Coliseum. Really tough night for John Shire and the Blue Devils as they pick up their sixth loss of the season. We'll recap all of that here on today's show with my good buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe our podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, subscribe to our page on YouTube to watch the show daily. Locked on Blue Devils, your one-stop shop for all things Duke Athletics. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, let me bring on my good pal from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast, Josh Cox, who's now with us here on the program today. And Josh, boy, oh boy, uh, what a tough night it was last night for our Dukies. Yeah, it, it sure was. I mean, obviously we know that we've not had success uh, there in Blacksburg. Um, but, man, we really, really could have come out of there with a win last night, and it just didn't happen. And, um, you know, what, what, what can you say? Duke started the game on a 7-0 run, jumped out right out of the gates very quickly, trailed by seven, however, at halftime, did take the lead in the second half uh, for a few possessions here and there, but ultimately not able to come up with enough shots and plays at the very end. A controversial call at the beginning of the game, uh, blew Twitter up, and we'll get to that at some point, and then also mixed in all of this is the injury sustained by Derek Whitehead. And a lot of folks really worry about the severity of that lower leg injury, which at the time of our recording, we have no update on Derek Whitehead's status moving forward. Yeah, I mean, whenever you see an injury like that where there's no, you know, you don't, there's no ankle turn, there's no knee flex, and you see him grab, I mean, there's, you know, your mind goes in many different directions, but, you know, who knows? Obviously, there's no, uh, it's not my job to speculate on that, um, but man, it doesn't look good at all. Uh, and you know, he was back there at the end of the game, um, you know, with ice on his leg and on crutches. That's right. but, you know, I don't, I wouldn't expect if we're going to see Derek at all the rest of the season at all. I wouldn't expect it anytime soon. You know, and this team has got to regroup. And I will say, Derek did carry us for moments during this game tonight before he went out with his injury. I mean, that first half, there were times when he was the only person that could hit a shot. Yeah. And so it's a huge void. He's He is arguably our most talented player on the roster. And so moving ahead without him is going to be even more difficult. No doubt about that. Yeah, a, a tough blow there for the Blue Devils. And, again, we'll see the severity of the Derek Whitehead injury moving forward. But, yeah, you take a look at what he was able to do, two of two from three, an efficient four of six from the floor for those 10 points. He made the very first three-point jump shot of the game for Duke, really starting to come into his own form. And uh, other guys are going to have to step up. This Duke team now at 14-6 and six overall, they are pretty much dead even in the middle of the pack in the ACC at this point of the season. Virginia Tech, by the way, had lost seven consecutive games before picking up a win tonight 
against Duke. So all in all, you put all of that together, and man, just a really, really tough night for our Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, it's interesting as you have this pulled up, um, the box score. It's interesting to see. It looks like Coach Shire is really starting to consolidate that bench a little bit. Uh, you've got Jacob Grandison, Jalen Blakes, both uh, playing fewer than 10 minutes uh, yep. tonight. And that is even with the white hand injury in the second half. And so, you know, I don't know what that looks like the rest of the season. Uh, but, you know, I think some adjustments are going to have to be made. Uh, this team cannot continue uh, down the path it's going <clears throat> or else this team won't make the NCAA tournament. So um, at the end of the day, something's got to give. And so, you know, uh, Derek was incredible. I was in the game, as we mentioned. Um, and then, of course, this was a Kyle Filipowski, you know, incredible. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But yeah. you, know, you got to give credit where credit's due there. But then also for them, listen, they showed up. Their guys hit shots. I mean, they hit shots better than they've hit all season long. In fact, the, the only other time I think they shot like this was when they beat Carolina, their only other conference win. So, yep. you know, the congratulations, Hokies. You show up to play your two biggest <laughs> games of the year and then you don't play the rest of the games over that way. Yeah, yeah, 78-75 final score. Virginia Tech knocks off Duke, the Hokies, uh, an impressive win over the Blue Devils, who they had a lead as large as 11 points uh, in the first half of play. But, again, Duke did a really nice job coming out of the gates. Second half adjustments were pretty impressive to get back in the ball game and to be so competitive. And part of that was because of the play of Kyle Filipowski, who finished with a career-high 29 points, to go along with 10 rebounds, his fourth straight double-double, and four of eight from three-point range. Really needed those shooting numbers from Kyle Filipowski, and Duke got him. Well, he started the game off. I mean, if he, had, he had a shot. Um, he had a putback. I think he had an offensive rebound and putback. Very next possession, he gets a steal and the run out with a dunk. And, you know, we've spoken about this before uh, earlier in the season, J.J., that I feel like Filipowski needs to get out early. He needs to, get, he needs to see the ball go in the basket so, you know, early on in the game. And he did that this game, and you could see the confidence level. He got a little bit of foul, a little bit of foul trouble, um, you know, there there in the first half, and so he had to sit for a few minutes. Um, but he came right back in and picked up where he left off, and so you know, then obviously, you know, we'd be remiss in talking about this game and not talking about the fact that there with under thirty seconds to go in the game, unintentional, definitely accidental, but he gets literally punched in the throat. Yeah. Um, and so this game, you know, once again, even Seth Greenberg uh, went on Twitter last night and said, listen, it doesn't matter if it's intentional or not. Any kind of contact like that above the neck is at least a flagrant one. It's got to it be. Is. It is, period. Yeah. So really, Filipowski should have been shooting a couple of free throws or I don't know, is that one or two free throws? I'm not sure what the rule is there. And we should have had the ball. And so at the end of the day, this was a Filipowski game. He had another double-double. He did get his 10th board. Um, he shot over 50% from two, shot 50% from three. You know what I mean? It was just a great game for him. And, I mean, I th this comparison, I think, can ring true because we won't see him for four years. But, I mean, he really does remind us of a Christian Leitner-type player as a freshman. Um, obviously, we're not comparing careers. Yeah. But as a freshman, I mean, he's got a lot of Leitner in him. He absolutely does. Again, the play we're talking about, you could find it on Twitter. It's all over the place. Uh, in this day after Duke losing with a lot of people trying to argue whether or not it should have been an intentional foul, a flagrant foul, whatever you want to call it. Elijah Collins for Virginia Tech hits a jump shot to go up by two with 13 seconds left in the basketball game and celebrating his made attempt, kind of throws a punch. And as he's turning back to run back on defense, 
the punch hits Kyle Filipowski directly in the neck. Um, very clear when you watch the replay review, but they warrant it not enough to deem a flagrant one, much less a flagrant two. So Elijah Collins stays in the basketball game. He later went on to make one of two free throws at the free throw line to make it a three-point game. Um, and Filipowski, uh, unfortunately, does not get to go to the free throw line to make a couple of shots. I will say also uh, that, that earlier in the game, speaking of the free throw line directly, Jeremy Roach missed the front half of a one-and-one, and, one, and uh, Filipowski split a pair of free throws late down the stretch as well for Duke. And we've been a great uh, free throw shooting team throughout this season, so those were uncharacteristic misses. Uh, this is the second time, second game in a row, where we've missed some free throws at the end, end of the games. We just got away with it uh, in the game on Saturday. And so, um, you know, uh, just, just a tough a tough game all around. Uh, I you know, you hate going to Castle Coliseum. You hate playing there. Um, and Duke's going to have to get this monkey off their back. Um, you know, I don't know what it's going to take. But I'm in full favor of Coach Shire just just sticking up for his guys and pulling a Coach K and just purposefully getting that technical foul. Yeah. <clears throat> just showing his team and the fan base that, like, hey, we're not going to we're not gonna sit back. We're not going to let this happen. Uh, I think tonight the Filipowski no call. I don't know if Coach Shire – understood how blatant it was because obviously he's there coaching like he doesn't the moment it's so hard yeah exactly i think if he goes back and watches that replay like there there could be he he really could have warranted just absolutely losing it on that play and like i said duke fans would have been cool with it so yeah he kept it together uh duke however did not down the stretch they lose 78 75 blue devils now 14 and 6 uh the new ap poll came out this past week yesterday as well um, Duke was not in the top 25. However, if you can continued it, uh, Duke was right there at 26. So they were just on the outside looking in. I'm sure this, uh, this loss will not help the Blue Devils in that favor of climbing back into the top 25. Let's take our first time out here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today brought to you by a very new and exciting sponsor here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We are so fired up about this FanDuel, a new proud presenting sponsor of the Locked on Podcast Network and Locked on Blue Devils. Make every moment mean more. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose, all you have to do right now is visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. 21 and order in select states. First online real money wager only. Again, FanDuel, a new proud presenting sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. JJ Jackson here alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast. Josh, what's so tough about this, it's Tuesday, it's really early in the week, and yet we've already had one game played here for the Blue Devils, which means we don't have as much time to focus on the Duke win over Miami that they had over the weekend at home inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. A really impressive win for the Blue Devils. A close game again. Uh, Duke only wins by two over the Hurricanes. But because they had such a quick turnaround and because you lose the back half of that two-game stretch, you can't celebrate that win as quickly. It just doesn't mean as much knowing what happened in this Virginia Tech game. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be in the house uh, Saturday for that game. And, Outstanding. Uh, just a really good Cameron environment. And once again, Duke's undefeated at Cameron. Um, and that's that's kind of odd because Cameron had not been – you know, it had, it had kind of lost a little bit of its uh, home court advantage there over the last few years. 
But Duke's undefeated at home. But at the end of the day, this team's got to go play on the road, and, and they got to win games in hostile environments. They've got to win games where the crowd's coming up against them. And, uh, you know, they really – I think Filipowski's the answer, but I, he can't do but so much. There's got to be that dog, man. There's got to be that – you know, we saw it last year with a guy like Paulo. Like, there's got to be a guy that's like, give me the ball get out of the way and I'm going to take this. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to take this. Big shot. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you can't fault him. Filipowski actually found Proctor um, and got an open three um, in that possession there with under, under 30 seconds to go. I actually thought that was a great look. He had no one in front of him. So you can't fault okay. him for that, but man, it's just unfortunate. It's like, we just can't catch the break when we need to. Really wanted to catch that break so that Duke could try and put together another winning streak here. Blue Devils will be back in action this upcoming Saturday in Atlanta at Georgia Tech. So a uh, two-game road trip here for the Blue Devils playing away from home. I want to talk about Cameron Indoor, though, because they have been so impressive. They're unbeaten. As you said, things have started to fall off the last few years. I want to go to a specific moment that I just thought of right here, Josh. Could we tie this back to the Zion Williamson game inside Cameron Indoor since the kind of drop-off. I'm having fun here because you yeah. think about it, and the following year, okay, yep. the tournament does not happen because COVID-19 Correct. cancels it. In that regular season, Duke loses at home to Stephen F. Austin, their first non-conference home loss in a forever. The next year, don't even make it to the tournament. Last year's team with Paulo and company had a couple losses could we? I mean, I think we might be able to make that correlation that this goes all yeah. the way back to Zion's shoe. Well, <laughs> I, I agree. I, you know, obviously the Zion Williamson <laughs> year, it, it was it was a show. Yes. And um, and I I got to several games that year um as well. I will say this though that like, I think it's 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 a longer so like old, old head Duke fans, you know, they're always going to talk about like you know after those ninety one ninety two seasons where like the entire bowl around Cameron was students. You know what I mean? Like those are the glory days. Yeah. Those days aren't coming back. But what I will say, um, and I think it was getting this way a little bit before Zion's year, but then Zion came and he was like a, he was like a, a, a show, a talent show all, all on his own. So you didn't see it as bad that year, but like you would see the ends of the student section, you know, become, you know, open up. You'd see like, 55-year-old men standing in the student section, you know, every now and then on a regular season ACC game. But I do think that this year, and I will say this, there has been a concerted effort by the students at Duke. This is by far the best Cameron year since Zion. By far. Cameron's loud. Um, the students are, are back to their to their ways. And, um, and awesome. it seems like the Coach Shire has connected with the students on that level. I'm assuming that's what it is. And the students really support this team. And, and the team has responded uh, by playing really good basketball at home. You're listening to Locked On Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. So, Josh, I got to talk about this Duke team because they do have a little bit of time off uh, before their game on Saturday against Georgia Tech. And then it won't be long before we're playing those exact North Carolina Tar Heels. Time to get back to a big showdown where Zion shoe exploded with president Obama in the house yeah. and such. Uh, but I want, talking about the Stoop team in Saturday's game against Miami, Jeremy Roach comes back after missing three games, had 14 points for the blue devils in that one. However, only six points last night against Virginia tech all in all, what does this mean for the blue devils to have Roach back there in the lineup? 
I mean, it's definitely important. He played a really, really solid floor game uh, in the Miami game. And, you know, he was not bad in the Virginia Tech game uh, last night. Uh, wasn't terrible, but he just didn't assert himself. You know, not everybody can score. You know, I mean, if Philip Alcee's going to get uh, – is going to be putting the ball in the basket like he is, he's obviously going to get his shots. I do like the fact that Jeremy's able to play off the ball a little bit more now that it seems like we we really have moved to Tyrese Proctor handling the ball a lot. Tyrese pushes the ball. The ball moves on offense a whole lot better, in my opinion, when Tyrese Proctor is in the game. And it allows Jeremy to play off the ball a little bit. And we have seen this. What he did do last night was he finished around the rim. Uh, I think all six of his points, if I'm not mistaken, I know two of them were drives where he was going up against uh, you know taller guys and he was able to finish. And so he's important, man. He really is. He's got to make sure he continues to focus on defense. There were just a couple of little lapses last night, especially the second half. He went under a screen where Couture – Hit a big three late in the second half. Yeah, and it was just it was just a mental lapse, man. You can't go under screens when you're when you're guarding Hunter Couture. Like you got to fight through them, fight over them. And so, you know, the little things like that. But uh, listen, listen, he's the captain. He's got the experience. We know this after watching him down the stretch last year. He's got a he's got a clutch gene in him that he can activate. And Duke's going to need it if we're going to if Duke's going to get where they want to get this year. You know, there's going to be games where Jeremy Roach has got to 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 be vintage Jeremy Roach from last season. Yeah, and you take a look at the Duke team moving forward again, barring uh, the significance of this Tariq Whitehead injury. That's one less guard, ball dominant player uh, that, that's out there for Duke, and so they're desperately going to need Jeremy Roach to be more involved once again and to be effective not only as a scorer for the Stoop team, but also setting up the offense. Tyrese Proctor, his three-point shooting, uh, I think has been a little bit better over the last few weeks. I think he's been more selective in the attempts that he's taking. Still needs to kind of improve his overall shooting numbers. But all in all, Josh, I mean, those are the guys with Whitehead possibly out for a while that you want to see step up moving forward are those guys at that guard spot and someone like you know, people have been calling for Jaden Shute to get some play even beyond him. How about a player like Jacob Grandison, who's out there for nine minutes in the basketball game and only puts up one shot attempt for the Blue Devils, finished minus 17 in that plus minus stat? Yeah, I mean, Grandison's got, as a grad transfer, he has got to uh, to assert himself better. I don't know what it is. Um, obviously, he can shoot the three from the corner. Um but I mean, we we had kind of heard from Illinois that he was like a lockdown defender, um, and I don't know that we've seen that uh, much this season from him. Uh, but somebody's got to step up. I, I do. I have a uh, a Jaden shoot speech. Okay, JJ, are you cool with this? I love these. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's so, coming, but I'm I'm all for you don't this. Know, this is straight up. I've been thinking about this, and, and what a great uh, platform to say this. Let me list off some names. I am not – when I list off these names, I am not comparing Jaden Shoot to them as far as, like, success. I'm talking about skill set. Okay, so let me mention some names. Yeah. J.J. Redick. Okay. Luke Kennard. Okay. And let's say to a lesser degree, Grayson Allen. All right. Grayson's a little more – Grayson's a little more like uh, – I don't know. He takes the ball to the basketboard. Let me mention another one. Andre Dawkins. 
Okay. So those are four of arguably the best shooters that Duke has ever had. All four of those basketball players were bad defenders. They all four struggled. J.J. Redick couldn't defend a parked car for most of his career. And he would tell you that. He didn't even start thinking about defense until he went to the NBA and realized he wasn't going to play, especially for Stan Van Gundy, if he couldn't play defense. Luke Kennard was an Olay defender. Grayson Allen, all the way up through his senior year, was a lazy defender. Andre Dawkins was not a defender. So here's my thing. Coach K, back in those days, valued the swag and the confidence on the offensive side of the ball, and he dealt with the deficiency on the defensive side of the ball. And so, like, I think that's my plea to this coaching staff. Like, you have the potential to not Joey Baker, this kid. Yeah. But you have the potential to show this kid that you believe in him. We know he can shoot the ball. And if he can't, if he's not a great defender, so what? Like, we, we got four other guys on that court that can help out. My thing is, I think we need to show that we believe in shoot, that we believe that he can be an elite scorer, and we need to deal with the, the fallout that comes of it. Yeah. So there's nobody else on that roster other than Kyle Filipowski, especially with Whitehead being injured now. Nobody else on that roster with the potential to just fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up like Jaden Shute. And so I, that's my plea. Like, listen, if if Luke Kennard can come in for two years and just get just get these long leashes and do whatever he wants to and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and play Olay defense, like let's do let's let Jaden do the same thing. So that's my plea. Every Duke shooter that we've ever had that's been an elite shooter has always struggled on defense. And guess what? We were okay. We were okay at the end of the day. Yep. I'm there with you. I've been calling for Jaden shoot minutes since the preseason um, forever, as you well know, here on the program. So I absolutely echo your remarks there for Jaden shoot and would love to see him get in the basketball game a little bit more because, like you said, Josh, at, at worst case, the defense kind of stays the same as it has been at key moments. And best case, you're getting more offense and more three-point shooting ability because this team has been really, really bad shooting the basketball this season. All right, so a turnaround for Duke Saturday at Georgia Tech, another team um, that is not going to steal any headlines, so to speak, in the conference this season. It's a road game. You're going to Atlanta, but nonetheless, another game that, that Duke needs to gear up for and they need to find a way to win. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Duke is in this position, but now – in my opinion, the rest of the way in the ACC, you're almost looking at every game as a must-win. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't go on a losing streak. Um, Amen. This team goes on a losing streak, and they're going to be, they're going to be struggling uh, come March. And so, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a game where you know the, this team's got to figure out what the the identity of who they're going to be. They got to go into a, a once again another road environment where the crowd's going to be up. You know, there's going to be more people at this Georgia Tech basketball game than there's been at any Georgia Tech basketball <laughs> game all season. You know there's going to be some player on this roster that's going to just ridiculously shoot the ball like they've not shot the ball all season. You just got to be prepared for it, and you got to, you got to understand that's what's going to happen, and you got to punch back, and you got to win the game. Will Jose Alvarado and uh, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram watch this game together? Will they have a wager on this matchup, you think, now that they're all in the Pelicans you know, together? They, they need to, and I will say this. If there was a player 
that I disliked more in college and like more now in the NBA, it's Jose Alvarado. Like that dude is so That's brilliant because yeah. I'm a Pelicans fan now because right. of the NBI. Absolutely. Uh, so when whenever Jose Alvarado comes in, I'm like, yes. Like I can't wait to see the, the Grand Theft Alvarado plays where he sneaks up behind guys and like he's just up at everybody's grill, man. I mean, he's he's the one guy that can like punk Chris Paul, right? Because Chris Paul punks everybody else. He can punk a guy like Chris Paul, and so. Yeah, you know this will be interesting. I I I, I do remember those couple of years at Georgia Tech and that one that one game where they beat us and Alvarado just man he just went crazy went nuts on us and I was so frustrated he would do his uh, he would play the the banjo or whatever after yeah. he hit a three I'm like man I wanted to slap that guy <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah that'd be interesting to see if they have some sort of wager on this game. Uh, speaking of NBA, final thoughts here for everyone out there. Did want to share I was uh, at a game this past weekend was in the ATL uh, nice. for the Hornets-Hawks games at State Farm Arena. So saw four Duke Blue Devils um, in that one. Mason Plumley had like the best game of the season so far that he's had nice. with 25 points. Mark Williams is playing more for Charlotte. A.J. Griffin is playing crunch time minutes mm-hmm. for the Atlanta Hawks. And Jalen Johnson was making some shots as well. So a uh, fun night there in the ATL on Saturday for uh, four former Blue Devils. And this upcoming Saturday – we hope that it's a fun night in the ATL for Duke as well. No doubt, no doubt. How about Mark Williams, man? They're finally giving him some minutes. Gosh, it's been necessary, and he's man, he's and he's, he's taking advantage. Him. He is. He's showing him exactly what we saw uh, while he was in Durham, and so I yeah, I'd love to see it. I love it, Josh. Thanks so much for the time. As always, looking forward to talking with you again next week. Okay. All right, JJ. Have a good night, man. That's my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast joining us here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. As always, go support what those guys have going on at the Section 17 podcast. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow our show on Twitter as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.